to our short podcast today as part of a series sharing experiences to support you, our Adobe Partner Specialist, on how to continually drive the right behaviours and activities to maximise your opportunity for sales success. I am Caroline Egan, and today the title of our podcast is, Is My Prospect Dead or Sleeping? Sometimes we are lucky enough to capture prospects at the exact time they want to buy or can persuade them why they need to buy now. But there are always a very large percentage of prospects where we must support them, nurture them through their buying journey to the point we can convince them to purchase. We absolutely, in my experience, ignore these prospects at our peril as they are our pipeline of tomorrow. We could end up losing a significant portion of our pipeline if we do not nurture these opportunities and make sure we're maximizing every single opportunity in our pipeline. But how do we know if our prospect is sleeping or dead? Whether there is an opportunity to sell, well, whether there is no opportunity to sell, or whether it is just not the right time today to buy, but what about if it is tomorrow or the day after? Our podcast today is about helping you to never lose another opportunity just because your prospect is sleeping or perhaps wasting time on opportunities that have long since died. Practical ideas and tips and tricks from our guest speaker today on how to use your precious time effectively to nurture and to make the most of every live opportunity whilst qualifying out when needed. So overall, some great learning experiences to be shared. So to hear these experiences firsthand, I'm pleased to be joined today by a special guest, Charlotte Bogart, a product sales specialist for Substance, Adobe. Welcome, Charlotte, and thanks for joining me. Thank you so much, Caroline. It's great being here. Let me start by giving you an opportunity to introduce yourself, your role, and your background. Yes, sure. Um, so I'm based in Belgium, and I've been with Adobe for six years now, covered different roles throughout that time. From inside sales to account executive, I even managed partners for a while when covering for a colleague. And I have to say, it gave me a 360 degree view of uh, the business. Now I work as a product sales specialist covering substance, which is really exciting to speak to customers who are moving to the wonderful world of 3D. And good to know, before I joined Adobe, I was working for two years as a funded head creative cloud specialist at a platinum partner in Belgium. Great. Well, you clearly had some great different roles um, all the way through from being in through in a partner through to Adobe and, and obviously that experience of working in this environment. Anything you'd like to start us off with today with regards to your experience generally in engaging prospects? Yeah, so I try to work and identify as a partner to the customer, not like somebody who wants to know the status of an order. So that means I try to identify common ground very early on in the process, which takes away the pressure of the engagement. When we have identified common ground, it feels like we are both accomplishing something and all involved parties win. So instead of focusing on pushing and persuading, I have an open conversation and a broad discovery. What the customer wants to know is not your entire product pitch, but how you are going to help them moving from A to B. So to me, it's all about what be, what's relevant for their situation. 
focus on where they are in the customer buying journey and not what your next sales stage is going to be. No, that's great advice. I think the more we can understand our customer, um, build that common ground, as you say, and also make sure that we are talking in their language and engaging with them around what business outcomes they need to expect, the more likely we are to to engage them more effectively and, and build that mind share with them. Mm-hmm. We've all been in a situation, haven't we, where a prospect can go quiet. I certainly have. Or or to use a new phrase, where someone starts to ghost you. In other words, they don't respond to perhaps a number of outreaches, calls, emails that you've made to them. And often at this stage in the opportunity, we don't know whether the opportunity is still live. um, And it's very tempting, I think, just to move on to the next opportunity without any feedback. But we do potentially miss the opportunity on missing out on those opportunities when for good reason, a prospect is just sleeping. You know, they're, they're thinking about other things. They have other priorities. They're still interested, but they have other priorities they're perhaps dealing with today. So speaking from my own personal experience, you know, if you don't engage with these prospects still, you can miss out on some significant opportunities if you qualify out without that further engagement. So Charlotte, what are your best practice ideas and tips and tricks on what you do when a prospect goes quiet on you? Well, some general advice here is to identify and involve as much stakeholders as possible very early in the process. This way you avoid ending up with a deal that's stuck with procurement or legal or any other department. Make sure to ask for commitment on the next action but also who will take ownership of that next action. Uh, But of course, there's also lots of things you can do to try to re-engage and nurture when you don't have any contacts at all anymore. So you could expand your network, the stakeholders you already identified, um, by, for example, using LinkedIn, where you can reach out to different stakeholders in the organization. And what's very important when progressing is your value proposition. Make sure you repeat frequently why the customer should change, why now and why Adobe. This should be some kind of mantra which you keep repeating through the process. So this way your message fits your audience. You really try to understand the different personas and tailor your message to what's relevant for them. If you back this up with relevant content, Um, So don't send them five different flyers, which they are never going to read. Instead, add one relevant white paper, which is interest for their job role. And be aware that research shows that on average, prospect needs around 10 touches from the time they come aware of your company till the time they convert into customers. So I'd say don't give up and try to use multiple channels like LinkedIn, direct mail, phone, and so on. Great advice. Absolutely. And, you know, I think with expanding the stakeholders, you know, you're not just relying on one person then, are you, within your prospect? And, you know, you're building that connection with a wider group of people that you can further look to engage on the opportunity. And in the value proposition, you know, we constantly need to be making sure that the common need for the solution and why they why they need to change, as you say, is confirmed and recognising it's something that they do need to achieve their business goals and what the consequences are if they don't go forward with something. So I think those are all great pieces of advice. Thank you. Let's look at some examples of the typical process of activities that you use to nurture. 
when you're actively engaged to push prospects through the buying journey? You've mentioned a couple there, but are there any other more that you'd like to add? Well, what's really important to me is is time that we follow up in a timely manner. So when you plan a meeting, send the agenda across in advance of the meeting, make sure everything is included, prep specific questions the customer might have, again, to keep it as relevant as possible. After the meeting, follow up with a summary of key benefits and next steps. Make sure to schedule some time in your calendar to check in with the customer based on the stage of the opportunity. So when they're starting off and they install the trial, make sure you take a note that after 30 days, you check back in, see how it goes, were they able to deploy everything? And I'd say personalize your messages, include call to actions and also use different media. Sometimes that will be video content, sometimes that will be white papers, infographics. And this way we keep it interesting for the customer. But also if you approach the end of the the sales cycle, uh, make sure you don't sit back and relax too easily. Even if you have verbal or written commitment from the customer, don't shy away to work on a mutual close plan. Ask them who is going to sign, when and how you can support them. Just try to eliminate all the risks and possible blockers. You're really getting those things in, in place. Yeah, yeah, we try to do so. And, and every situation is, is different, of course. But one thing that's very important to me as well is that lead nurturing doesn't stop after the sale. So once a customer has bought your product, you want to keep for them to come back. So make sure you don't ghost them after the PO is in because they're likely <laughs> to buy more. <laughs> that's a that's a, that's a really interesting point, isn't it? You know, because... You know, as we all know, once some um, customers purchase, then you go into that land and expand opportunity, don't you? Whether it's exactly. for other products, whether it's for more users. So I I, I totally agree. And uh, we as you know salespeople sometimes can can be guilty of ghosting customers after they purchase. So I, I really like that point, and I think it's one that we really all should take note of. Yes. So. How do you manage your time and priorities? You know, how much time typically do you spend on nurturing in any given day or week? And, and generally, how do you prioritize? Yeah, that's that's very different uh, on the time of the, the quarter we're in, um, because at, at some points in the quarter, it's all about closing. But I try to to spend it based on the, the sales stage. So a lot of initial conversations start out with a 30-day trial. This requires a little bit more time in between opposed to a mature opportunity where I'll be checking in every week to make sure it's on track for closing. So it's very different, but uh, personally, I don't like to use a lot of different channels. It's just not efficient for me. So personally, I try to uh, add reminders in my Outlook calendar to check back in with the customers. And I usually plan that in the morning. And in the beginning of the week, rather than at the end, uh, because then the customers still have a a clear and and fresh mind. And of course, depending on the volume of my pipeline and the numbers of deals that are in there, deal size as well, of course, I tend to spend like 25% of my day on nurturing and progressing uh, new sales opportunities. Thank you. That's a great indication we can all, all, all listen to. And I think, as you say, doing things earlier in the week is, is a good idea because then we don't also get distracted by other things. Exactly. So are there any clear qualification criteria you use to work out if your prospect is dead? Um, you know, I personally see this as a positive action because 
this does allow you to use your precious time more smartly on where you do have the opportunity, you know, to still win and, and close um, revenue. But, but what sort of qualification criteria do you typically use? Yeah, of course, there are some um, red flags like um, lack of engagement in the beginning or in the mutual close plan. And again, that's very different for every situation. Personally, if I don't get any response whatsoever after three to five attempts, then I consider letting go because I think there's more to consider uh, if we continue to push them without any engagement, then you also risk losing the last goodwill of the buyer in the future. So yeah. I try not to push too much and, and lose everything. Uh, and I still leave the door slightly open uh, for the future. So what I was talking about recently with my team and my manager, and which was a really interesting conversation, is in the process of letting go, you can consider to write a, a breakup email. And this is a message where you emphasize you are there to help, but you also close the loop for now. So for example, you can write, I haven't heard from you in a while, so I'll assume our service isn't the priority at the moment. I completely understand and don't want to take up any time, but I'll be checking in in six months or so to see if our goals are more aligned. And if you ask me, that's a, a great strategy to to close off and, and focus on, on more relevant opportunities. It's really efficient, but you also don't lose the customer completely out of sight. So that's something I always try to uh, have in place. And apart from the silence, there are many other reasons to let go as well. Uh, for example, if the customer is demanding something that you just can't fulfill or there's lack of budget, don't try to close out these conversations too fast, but try to learn as much from them as you can. Why did they choose for that competitor? Why didn't get the budget approved? Is there any way for reconsideration in the future? Although they don't bring you any revenue directly, these kind of conversations are key and, and bring very valuable information uh, in the future. Mm. Mm. No, definitely. And what you were saying, they're definitely about the breakup mail. I mean, I think that's a very positive and respectful thing to do as well um, from both sides. So I, I like that idea and think it's a, it's a good way then. And then obviously, as you said before, to put a reminder in your diary for three, six months out to, to mm -hmm. try again. Yep. So, so brilliant. Thank you. And I guess it just leaves me to say, do you have any final words on how becoming more structured around your nurturing has enabled you to be successful? Yeah, I'd say for me, it's all about timing. Choose a tool that works for you. For me, it's my Outlook calendar because I don't like too many different tools, but that's personal. And once you have the right tool in place, plan your follow-up moments wisely. Give the customer some time, not too much time, and be conscious of when it's time to push through or let go. And like we said in the beginning, make sure you don't ghost the customer either. So uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's it from my side. You know, thank you so much. And I would just like to say a huge thank you for your time today and for sharing your experiences with our audience. I think there's been some very, very valuable experiences shared there and, and, and tips and tricks that the Adobe Partner Specialists can learn from. So I really appreciate your time. Thank you very much, Charlotte. Thanks to you, Caroline. It was great participating. <laughs>